Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of a 90-minute network. It's Rich Hobbs here to talk about the Cup replay defeat to Liverpool, talk about some really interesting transfer news uh, around with clubs, some incomings and outgoings uh, potentially happening in the next couple of days, and also look ahead to the Man City game at the weekend. With me tonight, I'm joined by Jafo and Tom. Uh, guys, it's cold, it's been snowing. And the game last night was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it, at the end of it all? It really was. I, I mean, I, I regret going, to be honest, because I didn't get back till what, 11 o'clock, and then I got to be up at 5 o'clock this morning to drive all the way to Newcastle. So, Oof. you know, I made bad life choices. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been all right if it had won. I'd have, I'd have been bouncing all the way up there, but after last night, freaking you know, that was the longest drive of my life. Oh, I... I, I do not envy you, Jeff, uh, on that one. Um, I think, like, especially after like, the first game when we played them, um, and there was all the drama, there was the goals. I was kind of really hoping like you could carry that momentum through, but it, it wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, Wolves are out of the cup. Um, I thought we could look at the lineups first because you know Klopp did change, uh, Wolves didn't. So if we look at the lineups. <laughs> Happened to it happens to the best of us. I'm not sure what happened there, guys. Um, yeah, it, someone must have taped a phone to my laptop. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, of all the things you expect to see on the BBC, I wasn't quite expecting that last night. Um, surreal, Jeffo. You wouldn't have, um, no, you, you wouldn't have picked this up in real time, but it, it was just surreal that. That happened, um, and and seeing Gary Lineker try and you know co- cover it up by talking louder was some some brilliant broadcasting in my opinion. Tom, did you go last night or did you uh, get the uh, uh, pleasure like me? No, I went to the ga- I went to the game, but I mean that sums it up, doesn't it? It was definitely more exciting to watch it at home than it <laughs> than, than, yeah. than it was uh, in the stands because you got all that. Yeah, it, um, it, bizarre. Yeah, and then of course, like ten seconds into the game. You get the complete blackout. I think the no. electrics were so shocked that Adama put a ball on about the penalty spot, which was aimed at someone, and it just blew everyone's mind and <laughs> the electrics along with it. <laughs> it was a bit, literally the only good good body put, and no one saw it because it's pitch black. No, it, it is it's a real like um, you know a tree falls in the woods, but no one's. <laughs> Uh, there, does anyone hear it sort of <laughs> yeah, thing, isn't it? Yeah, if if a, a ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, we'll, we'll talk about Dharma in a bit, and I know Jafo's got thoughts, and I know, Tom, you do too, about Adama a um, in general, but also last night. Uh, but it just feel like his night peaked 18 seconds into the first half and didn't really recover from that. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, apart from my um, crude little joke, um, in, in terms of the actual starting lineup, it was pretty much the lineup that we played against them a week and a half ago. Um, apart from Jimenez coming in um, up front and also Troy Ray starting, we kept the midfield free of Hodge, Neves, Matinho. But more interesting was the Liverpool lineup because he made, I think, Klopp made was it eight changes from their 3 0 defeat to Brighton. It, Part of me felt that we're kind of getting lured into a false sense of security when you see a rotated Liverpool side, a, a much more heavily rotated one than ours anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're there for the taking. So I thought, and I thought maybe Klopp's looked at Brighton away in the next round and thinks, I don't want this again. I'll just chuck it. <laughs> and part of me thought that. I thought, you know, he doesn't want another tatering because um, I'm pretty confident they'll lose in the next in the next game. Um yeah, I was, I was I was confident actually when I saw the lineups. I was, I was definitely more confident when when I saw them come out and I saw ours ours against theirs. Um, that shows how much Liverpool have sort of fallen, really. Um, 
But then again, you know, the, the players that they did bring in, they sort of made the difference, really. I thought that uh, Harvey Elliott was, was good, you know, even, you know, take the goal out of the, out of the game. I actually thought he did quite well. He, he pressed very high. The, 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 I mean, their fans seem to love him. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, I was impressed with a couple of, couple of theirs. A centre mid was, was half decent. I forget his name now. Um, it's number 50, 54 or something like that. He, 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 was, he was decent. Uh, I didn't think much of Gakpo. I thought he was pretty shy, really. The second game of watching him playing looks very average. Again, like he seems a bit of a different player than what we sort of saw in the World Cup. He seems a bit, you know, uh, this is going to sound far harsher than it's meant to. But I think if um, Len Bikisa is pocketing you, you've probably got to have a bit of a look at yourself. And I guess like you compare him to how um, Diaz did when he came into that Liverpool side in basically the same position. It's, yeah, yeah funny like that. Um, but yeah, uh, again, but for Wolves, though, the first five minutes, we looked really bright and really on it. Um and we did look like opening the game up a little bit, but we seem to have run out. We run out of steam quite quickly for me, or it might have just been a case of Liverpool compose themselves after a bit of a shell shock. You know, the last few fixtures. Uh, Jafo, what did you kind of think of the opening? Yeah, I mean, we started bright. Um, it's, it's like we have a Lopetegui most in all these games. Pretty much, we started on this front foot. We've tried to take the game to people, but what we find in and I think what we found last night, we were really one-dimensional. And I, I don't mean to to say, okay, we shouldn't be doing what we were doing by putting the ball out wide to Adama all the time. Uh, but that was all we were doing for the first five minutes, trying to get the ball into the box, which is great because we're creating chances. But I don't think we, we, we haven't scored a goal from that situation in probably half a season. You know, it's it's or maybe more now, um, it, it, and it's just it seems just like insanity and bashing your head against the the, the wall just trying to get the same thing and over it, and over. And it's particularly sort of frustrating when you see how, I guess, when you have got opponents on the pitch, it's slightly different because different because of how he plays. But when you've got someone like opponents, you don't automatically look to the, you know, let's get two players on the touch lines and they say try and knock it in, which feels a I don't know, almost like a bit of a throw something up the wall, a bit of probability, see if one good cross comes into Jimenez. And, you know, I wanted to talk about Jimenez almost before Adama because he almost felt like he was everywhere apart from where he meant he was meant to be last night. And that didn't yeah, necessarily help yeah. our wide players as well, I didn't think. Yeah, he, he ran around a lot. I mean, you can't question his, his work, right? Um, just the movement. When we've got the ball, isn't great. Um, I remember one time he almost tackled out Nori out wide on the left, and you're thinking, why the hell are you there? Why aren't you, why aren't you in the box? Particularly, the problem we had last night is that the, the, the wide players we had, they were wide players. They like to play on the outside rather than when you have Pedence and Huang. They tended to prefer to play, you know, on on the inside of their fullbacks rather than on the outside. So, if you've got two wide attacking players who like to stay out wide, why aren't we loading the box? And it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Jimenez's movement meant that they had no one to aim to, ultimately, and they either had to come back or Adama had to put it in, in Rosette at the South Bank. Yeah, oh, that, that was definitely a choice of Adama's. But, yeah, I found Jimenez a really frustrating figure because I think, as um, Gully said, I was going to say privately in group chat, it must have been a tactical decision for him to be drifting out into the channels, which... I can get for for a number of reasons, but you're completely right. If you've got players who are already occupying that space, you need players in the middle. And I don't know whether it's a confidence thing or or what really. But Jimenez, when he first was at Wolves, and you know times changed and whatever, but he was always someone who you'd you'd, you'd find him between the goalposts, no matter where he'd stick in the middle because that's where he's going to get his goals. And you know. He he's not a left winger. He's not a right winger. What what's he doing out there, basically? I mean, it's 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 something that he's always done, and he's done it under he did it under Nuno, did it under Bruno Lars. He's, you know, he's doing it now. He pulls himself wide. But the one thing that he did when when he was under Nuno was crucial points during the game. He would find himself in between the posts, like you say, and that sort of like aerial ability seems to have just disappeared. 
and I, it, you know, it's it's probably it's, it, we'll know what it's a result of the head injury and, and confidence and all that anxiety that comes with that of potentially hurting himself again. But if that's like the majority of your game, you've got to remodel and you've got to change the way you play, and you can't be the same guy who, who wants to pop up for five or four, four or five chances in the middle of the box for a header. You know, what what we should have been doing is working on the side of the game like he scored when he scored the goal against Man United on the turn, working around the edge of the box. That, that's the side of the game he should be playing now. And that's where we don't we haven't seen anything like him since he come back from his injury. We haven't seen him turning on the edge of the box or, or playing the ball off. It's that old style where he's you know he's pushing wide and, and getting in the way, or he's he's just going for headers and he's ballooning over the bar. Or he, like last night, he hit the hit the defender. It's just there's, there's no confidence, and it's it, it's a sh- shame really because you, you don't like seeing any player go that way. But that's that's where he's gone, and I, I don't think I don't see anything changing with him anytime soon. No, and it's it's hey, it, it almost feels sad to see because it, it almost feels like seeing a um a band you really love and it, it you know every time they put something else out it's just not as good as the time before at the moment and I oh know there, there was something about it last night that really kind of struck me because I've seen I've seen enough bad strikers at Wolves where you know hey a, a striker running the channels and doing the you know the doggy runs or whatever you, however you describe them nothing against that you need to even get back into the middle and be that goal threat and see him always lose that killer instinct. It's, I know, it's frustrating to see. Um, but, I mean, Wolves did have chances. And, I mean, a lot of them seem to fall to eight Nori in this left-wing position he's been playing at, which, again, it's a bit frustrating because although he's, you know, pretty good in front of goal, it's not naturally who... It should be coming to, um, in, in a way, in terms of you know who's who's going to get your goals. It shouldn't be a left wing back. Um, but for you know, say, but there were a few times we did carve, carve them open in that first half in particular. I think so. Yeah, the, the, the um, slight annoyance for me was we, we we were playing all right, then we conceded, and then he swapped it, didn't he? And he went mm. to wing backs again, went to three at the back, and then we just lost all impetus for. I don't know, 20 minutes. There was just Liverpool just had the ball for 20 minutes and we did absolutely nothing. Um, I think he might have alluded to it in his post match and said he thought, you know, he made a mistake really. It was a bad performance from him, that that area. Um, I don't think. I don't think it suits us full stop now, to be honest. We lose so much going forward when we play that system and, and definitely not with the personnel that we've got there. Um, you know, I mean, the Dom up front just doesn't doesn't work uh, as a two. Uh, Johnny at centre-half doesn't work. Um, Totty looked really wobbly you suddenly, suddenly as soon as he went into a three for me. Um, so And then he, I think he, he realised pretty quick, didn't he? And then he changed it back. Um, but yeah, I don't mind. I ain't really further up, to be honest. Um, I think he's got he's got a bit about him. I mean, I've got, we're so stocked with wide players now, though I'm not sure he'll, he'll get too many chances there going forward unless we're, we're sort of holding on to a game, maybe. It gives you that natural width on the left-hand side, which I'm a big fan of. Um, particularly, I, I can almost see it working in tandem with whoever's on the right. So if you've got if you've got the likes of Huang on one side, who's likely to cut inside, I like the almost the the polar opposite on the other. And you're going to have someone who's going to hug the touchline and kind of still stretch play that way. Um, but you know, he's doing no disservice to himself playing as a playing as a left winger. It's just it's frustrating but we know you know Adam's not going to get you goals he's he's not getting himself in those positions and same as him and you know to fall to eight nor is it not frustrating but just wish us sort of more place it could fall to um in a way and as i said wolves we weren't bad but the goal i think really knocked their confidence um for I guess pretty much across the park because it was a bit of a basketball moment because it Liverpool had the ball down our end and we dragged it back at theirs. Then Harvey Ellett picks the ball up in his own you know, in his own half. He wins it, carries it forward forty yards before I was going to say bending one over the goalkeeper, but 
there were some parts of that goal I don't find frustrating as others, and there's some that I very much do. I mean, what were your sort of initial thoughts, Jifo? Because I mean, we you know I, I I watched it on the telly, and so I got the benefits of watching it a couple of times. What did you kind of think initially? I initially thought that Sar had fucked it, uh, fucked it up because he, he just looked too far off his line, and he, the ball when it when it was struck just looked like it hit the hit the middle of the goal almost. Mm. It was nowhere near the corner. I just think you've you've messed up. But I don't know what. Looking back, I mean, obviously we're going to back and watch the goal, and 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 I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's ten yards off his line. He's he's, he's in no man's land, and he's he's made it easy for for Elliot to get that get the strike over the top of him. He, he's and he's, a, he's another one who's, who's kind of struggling. He's in this weird, like, sort of confidence zone where he's just he's just not got any confidence and he's, he's struggling. And I think kind of alluding to it when we were talking the other day about him potentially being a bit suffering because of playing through that injury with his hand and his wrist. And I've seen a, a lot of him, like, in recent games after he's made in a save or, you know, he, he's gone down low and when he's getting back up, he's holding his hand, he's holding his wrist and I wonder whether that's just playing on his mind a little bit. Potentially, yeah, because yeah, it, it, was, it was like he didn't anticipate that that was going to happen, which I understand because you don't normally expect a player to, you know, have a pot shot from 30 yards out. But he, did, he didn't seem sort of mentally prepared for it at all, did he, Tom? No, it wasn't just that he was out of his goal. He was also like well over to wide. the to the right yeah. side. It was just it, it just when you just watch those guys and you didn't look right. And then obviously, yeah, you watch it back and you realise like you know what what the hell was that? It was just really sort of surreal. Um, I think Lopetegui referred to it as a is it a strange goal or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I.e., keepers had like an aneurysm um, and you know sent it up in the back <laughs> of our net. Um, but there was also that really weird one where, you know, he tried to pass it to Neves, like, behind him mm. um, when he was about two yards off his line. And he tried to go back to, to Neves through a man. Um, strange. Like, just seems to be making very peculiar sort of decisions at the moment. Um, I know there is an emphasis on us playing out of the back. And I think, again, there's, like, little snippets and rumours that they're saying, you know, Lopetegui is looking for a... You know, in the summer, he'll be looking for someone who's better, you know, with the ball at his feet. But I always remember him last season. I mean, he, he was he had he had a brilliant season last season. But I think all facets of his game were really good. You know, his, his distribution was pretty good by and large. So that's just a bit strange that it's just fallen off the edge of a cliff, really. Um, and maybe like Jeffrey's absolutely right. It might, it might just be one of these little confidence uh, dips that he's had at the moment, and maybe he's suffering because he had such a good season last season. Like he was by far our, you know, he was our best player, wasn't he? Really, or at least our most important player. He, he won us the most points, um, and maybe he's just suffering from overachieving last season, and he's not quite got back to you know to, to that level yet. He's had little snippets, you know. He's good against United, and he's going to need to, have, you know, he's going to need to have a good one on Sunday for it to get anything. Um, who knows? You know, he might he might pull himself out of it and, and be the keeper we all know he, he can be. Yeah, I think um, so a couple of things. I don't, re- I, I don't perceive him. I don't as as being bad with his feet. Like I mean, especially when you compare him to his predecessor Patricio. You know, Sartre was almost brought in to be that goalkeeper who'd push off his line, who'd start attack more, which I guess is synonymous with a goalkeeper who's good with his feet. In a way, so mm-hmm. let's say, but there, there have been tidbits coming out, and I, I, I kind of agree with Jiffo and yourself that he's been carrying a knock, and it's probably just made him a little less confident. He had an amazing season last year, so it's a bit of natural regression um, in his game in general, and you know he's almost someone who I appreciate. There's you know five months left of a season, probably one who's kind of almost needs the season to end sooner rather than later and kind of get through and scape so he can recover, he can have surgery if need be and go from there. Um, one thing I found interesting, but Lopetegui made subs early on again. Um, as we sort of said, it, it's something he's very sort of happy to do. Whether that means he's messed up in the first half, I, I don't quite know, but I think it was a case of... Uh, we, we knew we needed an extra bit of firepower going in second half and a bit of, uh, you know, the big guns coming out 
um, in terms of Samedo um, after, after his killer performance um, at, at the weekend as well. And we did create, as I said, we created chances throughout the game. And, you know, even when you look at the stats from the game, we, we, did, we did not do a disservice to ourselves. We had, you know, plenty of possession, more shots, um, uh, you know, block, more block shots as well. And it can't, but it never felt like we created massive chances and really tested Liverpool. It was just like lots of like half chances. Did you ever get like that feeling that, oh, we're really going to get a goal here at all? Because I didn't quite feel that from like the 60th minute onwards. It's the same, same old story, isn't it? It's just lack mm. of cutting edge, unfortunately. Um, we did look better when, when Kuna came on. I mean, I think he had two half decent chances, really. I was a little bit disappointed. Um, he had that head, I think he had a header, didn't he? There, one he absolutely he, he spooned um, over the bar. Um, I think you know, confident number nine probably you know get what well, gets at least a, you know decent shot on target from that point. But I think I'd look at it. I mean, for XG nerds out there, I think ours was like one point four, and Liverpool's was like zero point one or something like mm. that. I mean, I can't remember Sar literally doing having any no. saves to make. Um, I don't know if he touched the touched the ball with his hands. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was there were bitty chances, weren't they? There, there was there was nothing like clear cut. Um, yeah, I mean, Adama had that one; it got set to him over at the edge of the box that he put about. I don't know, did he put it over the north bank? It must have been close. Um, <laughs> Could have given it the clock, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Knock some sort of satellite out the sky. Um, yeah, but absolutely, you're absolutely right, Richie. It was just all, it was all half chances, no real clear cut efforts, unfortunately. Yeah, I think um, the XG nerds would probably say it's, that it's an accumulative score, that one, isn't it? But we almost had so many like half chances blocked that, you know, 5.2s added up to a, a 1, where we didn't really deserve a 1 because we all had, like, you know, a couple of fifth chances. Yeah, I think that's that says a lot about how well the two teams... I actually think that if mm. we, we both defended quite well. I think Kanate yeah. and... and, and um... Gomez played well for Liverpool, and I thought I thought Charlie Gomez and and Collins played rather well at centre back again in in terms of defending. Mm. I mean, Gomez, I think his his passing was a bit ropey yesterday, and a couple of times he was he was struggling to get the ball out to Aitnuri mm. fast enough. And but I I think we're talking about it in there. I think in the group chat about it about it. I think it's just an age thing, and I think it's just an experience thing, and he just needs more game time. I, same last. I think that's saying last time about Collins. You know, he's he's only played one one um, season of senior football. You know, Toti Gomez is the same. He only broke through and played Premier League football last season. He he played a handful of games for what Grasshoppers on loan. Well, we've just got to be a little bit more realistic with our expectations with these players because there's not many players in the world um, who'd be able to come into senior football and hit the ground running and be you know perfect and. You know, they wouldn't be playing for Wolves if that was the case. You know, be realistic, they'd be playing for a club like Real Madrid or Barcelona and, and you know, one of these elite level clubs. Yeah, they, 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 we just don't have them. Yeah, you completely right. It feels like, you know, Gomez is a great example of it because he's kind of come through, you know, come through the development and stuff like that. It's like, oh, his passing isn't very good. It's like, he's our third choice centre back. And it's sort of for a reason. And that's not to do him a disservice, but there's a couple of flaws in his game, and it's not bad. It's not awful. Like he's, you know, like, I, I don't like going back to it. But when you compare him back to sort of centre backs of old who Wolves have had, and compare like that, Neil Collins, <laughs> and you know, we're on the same wavelength then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It feels like oh, actually, step. All right. Um, Premier League level, Christoph Berra, left-sided centre half. Who had a, you know, he was a half. He wasn't bad passing, to be fair. But actually, he, he's allowed to have a part of his game to work on, which is him being a bit of a raw defender. He's got a load of natural traits to be a really strong centre half. If the one that he needs to work on is a bit of composure and building up that resilience of playing in a back four as opposed to a back. Five slash three three centre halves where he seems to perform better in my opinion because he's got that security. Then you know what we can um, you know we can move from that. Big shout out to um, Stu Kelsey in the comments who said uh, Christoph Bell was like watching a battleship try to turn. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> <that> going? <laughs> about right. Um, and, 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 and you know, equally valid um, from uh, Paul in the YouTube comments. Big thanks to everyone who's watching live. We talk about Toti like he's a child. He is twenty-four. That is fair. I, I you know, I do, I do see that as as well. And you know, even Collins to a degree um, is Collins younger than. But I mean, I, I was going to say, I thought Connors had a solid game um, for me as well. And I've been sort of thinking a bit more about it, particularly because we'll talk about City after a break and he let himself down in that game. But I don't think my, my hot take around Collins is that I don't think he's as flawed as some people might think he is. I think he's, because of his body shape, some of the time he looks a little bit gangly. So when he doesn't do something quite right, it shows a lot more because he's not necessarily an elegant centre-half in terms of how his, you know, his posture and his body sizes that he can't quite get away with. So it doesn't look right. It, it really shows. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks. he looks a bit... When he's defend, when he's outside the box and he's out wide, that's the only time I worry about him. He's got a really like he sort of jockeys, but in a really bizarre way, and he mm. seems very easily turned. Uh, there's a game this season it might have been Brighton or something like that where he got pulled out wide and he he looked all at sea, but in 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 the box he looks he looks top. He looks really really good. Um, he engages the he engages the centre forward high, which I quite like as well. Um, I think he's got a lot. He's got a lot about him. I think he's going to be a really, really good centre half. And I think you know the the early season. Well, he's actually started okay, didn't he? But then after the Man City thing, he just completely lost it. Um, but I think um, Lopetegui really likes him, and I think mm-hmm. he's he's sort of almost taking him under his wing a little bit and and um, mm-hmm. trying to make him into a bit of a leader and a bit of a yeah, a bit of a mainstay of the team. I, I, I get that impression. Yeah, I think so. I think I think people will be knocking at re- after him in, in the summer. I think you'll see bigger clubs come come asking about him because he, he to to put like this level of performances he has. You know, okay, he makes one mistake every couple of games, but for somebody who's like as young as he is to put you know be as as powerful and imperious like on the football pitch and to impose himself on games like he does, he's he's quite impressive. You know, and um, so, like. It's, Paul was saying in the comments, you know, he's only 21 and the fans are on his back. I mean, so it's just fucking, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always one to say, okay, get behind the players sort of thing and, and don't give him abuse, but come on. If he's he, for, for his age and his ability and the amount of time that he's played football, you know, he's, he's quality. And if you can't see that, you're a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with all Completely of that. I think, you know, yeah, we, we've had some great comments uh, within it, you know, um, Collins' best centre-half since Lopetegui's joined, 1,000%. He seems to have really risen his game um, under a new manager. Um, uh, still with these, you know, saying if he'd come through the, the academy, he might be out on loan somewhere. But, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he's solid. And I think a lot, I think a lot of his mistakes you can put down to other factors and not that he is just a complete donkey. Um, I'm, I'm really optimistic about him um, in, in the second half of the season. To be honest, it's, that sort of wraps up the game because we sort of said, not there wasn't a load of drama like the first game. We didn't have four goals. We didn't have VAR controversy apart from the fact that there wasn't any VAR. Yeah, I wasn't aware of this until after the game. Yeah. Was that something to do with the power cut? Was that just random? Yeah, was it just... I believe it. I believe it was power cut related. Right. Yeah. So. It's about to go off on one Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those tin hats about to come out of the uh, out of the drawers any minute now. But yeah, I, I don't think there was any necessary need for that. There was that eight nori handball where he just sort of drove it into Joe Gomez, um, and it hit his hand. But you know we. Uh, I'm frustrated because I do love a cup run, but I think losing sort of twice in the space of a week in the cup in, in two different cups it, it is a bit frustrating because we had we had the opportunity to go through them both over, you know, the Forest game and over two legs against Liverpool, but it just means we get to concentrate on the league now, um, and 
you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to try out um, young players as well. So it's ticked a lot of boxes. And I don't think there's, you know, however off form Liverpool are, I don't think there's disservice in losing to Liverpool, personally. No. So, no, you know, we'll, um, as the kids say, we move. Um, but let's put it behind us. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm so hip. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't think I'd work in, um, in further education, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> but you know what let's take um, a quick second because I want to talk about transfers because I think there's some really interesting tidbits coming out um, firstly if we talk about incomings um, obviously um, I was going to say obviously at the start of the game uh, it was confirmed that um, Pablo Sarabia signed for Wolves um, really true signing I think a lot of the things that we've been talking about in terms of lack of movement, getting in the box, being more incisive in our forward play, he seems to tick a lot of boxes for that, doesn't he? Big time, yeah. I mean, it's Matt, he's in the Spain World Cup squad and we've got him for yeah. five, five million euros. I mean, you don't need to know any more than that, really, do you? It's just, I can't believe we've got him for as cheap as we have. Um, his numbers were, were remarkable last, se- last season. Um you know, it's Portuguese league. It's not. It's not the best league, but it's definitely not the worst. Um, and if you're knocking up, you know, sort of better than a goal every every other game from out out wide, you know, you're doing you're doing something right. And I think it's obvious we need a player at wide right now. Actually, um, mm. after Adama's performance, well, Hangs Hangs had a reasonable sort of spell under under Lopetegui, so you know he's he's done all right, but he's not. You know he's he's not the player that Sarabia is, or hopefully let's let's hope he is. I mean, ultimately, you only know the if if a transfer is good when they've been you know when when they've when they've been playing a few games. But um, yeah, I think it's a really good sign, and it sounds I think there's something came out today where he turned down other more lucrative moves because he wanted to work for Lopetegui again. Um, so motivation's going to be there. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I've got I've got a high hopes. So I think I think it'll work really well. And he, he's he's I think he prefers to pan the right and he's left footed. So again, it's going to be he'll be coming inside like Pedence will. So yeah. I think that suits our game better because we don't have the threat from our centre forward position from a goals point of view. So we're going to need it from elsewhere. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of dynamism in the front three of Podence, Kuna, and Swaby. Would you say, Jafo? Yeah, I think definitely. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago that that. The movement of um, Cunha is going to allow players like Pedence, Neto, and and if, you know Pablo Sarabia now he's here to to thrive if they because they can find the space on the inside. And I think we, t- we talked about having you know Diego Costa, who, who, you know he, he does what he can, and and Jimenez with his lack of movement kind of bottled the and volume of, of players through the middle, so there was no no way of creating chances. Through having inverted wingers, so it's it's fresh and it looks it looks like um, it's going to work because you saw it last night when Cunha come on, um, you know, without talking too much about it last night again. But you know, it, you can see it and you see it in the games that he's played. He creates space for other people to create chances and sc- and potentially score goals. So yeah, I, I see nothing more than another piece of brilliant business. And as you say, Tom, it's for the money that we paid. It's fantastic and. Really low risk as well, which is good considering the other things, the other transfer fees that have been knocking around. Alan Mudric. Yeah, crazy. Bonkers. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really shrewd one. It ticks so many boxes for us. And you say, like, if we can't necessarily rely on Kuna to, Kuna to score a lot of goals for us, because that's not necessarily his game, but if he's supposed to be the catalyst, it feels like we've got in a player who can play in the system to get him in positions as I sort of talked about eight those chances to come into eight nori if we're able to have replicate the same movements going to the other side of the pitch then we've got someone who is a really proven sharp goal scorer um you got you know not necessarily historically throughout his career but you say his record for sporting last season is phenomenal um and also the fact that between I guess him and Lamina who have confirmed the size We've kind of got a bit more experience, whereas we're not necessarily getting a, a 20, 21 year old who we're hoping will, you know, is good but needs to develop that bit more. We are getting players who, um, 
you know have done the business for a while um we have got a, another comment and it was the first thing i thought when we saw when, when you know when you look at sarabia um it, it it's is he um related to um diego jota because they don't look half similar especially as uh, paul says if you mix him with um jota and martinho um there were a couple of photos. The one I've got um, on my screen, they, they don't look as much, but very, he does look like Diego Jota's slightly more attractive older brother. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah. Iberian genes, isn't it? They're just beautiful, yeah. beautiful <laughs> down there, aren't they? But... He's a, yeah, I was going to say, very, very good looking. And I was a big fan of um, when he did the site, I think his first day at Compton, wearing a shirt and fleece combo. I was, I was impressed by that. He's a man after your art, anyway. I was going to say, game recognises game on that one. Um, So, we've ticked off a couple of players that Wolves have needed. We've got reinforcements sent in mid, brought in a couple of attacking players as well. The transfer that seems to be a bit of a sticking point is around Jao Gomez, who, I'll be brutally honest, I hadn't heard of until about four days ago but now i want us to sign him more than anything else in the entire world um but it doesn't quite feel like it's going to happen because it think, i think we're going to get gazumped by leon at the moment through um payment structure as much as anything else it seems like i think there's a probably a million euros in it there's not much mm. in it I think we're kind of a weird point. I mean, we've all seen what's been said on social media, so won't go over it too much. But as far as we know, Leon uh, have offered more money. Uh, The club want more money because they're being greedy. But the player wants to play in England. So it's a a sticking point. If if the player wants to come to Wolves and there's a million euros in it, Flamengo are not going to piss their own player off over a million euros. Mm. It's... then, because he won't, he won't sign the contract with Leon if he if he wants to come here, and that's that he's got his heart set on it. But it's it's we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, it's still early days. It's still early. Yeah. Days. Nothing's signed. The problem is, is Bruno um, Sheru is out there now negotiating with Flamengo, and he's the sporting director from Leon. Hmm. I do not know whether Matt Hobbs is over there. That's he the, isn't. Because uh, he was yeah. in the photos of, uh, so, so yeah, uh, I think, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I find it fascinating. I found a couple of things really fascinating about it because Wolves have obviously kind of tried to skip the step in the scouting process um, in terms of you know not go going to the source of the potential player rather than you know wait until they hit mainland Europe and the transfer fee you know, doubles, triples, which I think is what could happen with Jao Gomez almost, repeating what's happened with Bruno um, Gameres, for example. And I don't know, do you think Wolves, because we obviously had um, it with Enzo Fernandez in the summer as well. It feels like Wolves are slightly struggling to negotiate with this area of the world. Is is that a bit too... um, layman off me do you think I, I think it's a difficult one with with the Enzo Fernandez one because something changed with that very quickly after we pulled out and that was we didn't want to sign a player that was going to come in six months because they they were under the impression River Plate that they were going to go deep into the Copa Libertadores and they got knocked out a month later and mm. that's when Benfica come in and said okay we'll, we'll buy the player and I, it's not, not not what we were expecting and we kind of got blown out the water with that um I, I know it's a it's a failure, yeah? and and we all seen okay. He's been young player of the year at the World Cup and done fantastic, and he's now worth all this money. He's not really worth one hundred and twenty five million because no. Chelsea were never going to pay that. No. But we missed it on a good player. There was that Marquinhos one as well, wasn't it? Mm. <clears throat> um, who ended up going to Arsenal? We had all that agreed apparently, and then it was all done and dusted. And then basically, uh, I don't know how it worked because we were going to take legal action, weren't we? So yeah. there's been a bit of a history here of because of, by the sounds of it, it sounds like it was already agreed with Flamengo. It was already agreed with Flamengo. It was agreed with the player. He was going to come over for a medical, and then Flamengo have, have, have reneged basically and said, "No, we we don't. 
you know, we're after more money. Um, I think I think Liam Keane came out didn't he, in the podcast today and said that they've stopped taking our calls or something like that. Which I mean, it seems a bit bizarre to me because if you're in a, you know, if you're in a, you want a bidding war, surely if you're a selling club, you want a bidding war. So why not? Why aren't you taking? You know, we won't be offering more than what Leon are at the end of the day. So it's a bit, it's a bit bizarre. I must admit, it's. I, I do, I do sympathise with the club a little bit on this one. I mean, the, the Fernandez one. You know, we, I suppose we'll never know what happened with that. But um, with this one, it seems like everything was all do, all done and dusted, and he was pretty much packing his bags and ready to go. And then at the last minute, they've um, that, that you know they've pulled the plug, and that, that's not that's not a mistake on our part. That's just bad faith, isn't it, from them? So, I, like Jafo says, I still think there's a couple of twists and turns in this. I think he, he does seem really keen to, to come over here. So let's, let's cross our fingers. Yeah. And I think it feels like we're sort of um, future proofing ourselves um, with, I know he's online at the moment, but you've got the likes of Barracu Traore. And if you, you know, you, you're throwing Xiao Gomez into the mix as well. We know that, I say we know, there is a really strong likelihood. This is, um, Martino's last season at Wolves. Mm. So we definitely need to get someone in who can replace him. You could argue that's Lamina in terms of more of an age thing and being a bit more readiness. Um, but that, you know, you've got a likelihood around Nevers as well, although it breaks my heart. So to get in a couple of players at this point where, you know, you're throwing Mateus into that mix as well. We've, we've, can't go through the natural cycle and it's just frustrating that we seem to be getting our fingers burnt a lot at the moment of doing something that's actually the right thing for the club in terms of as I say getting these players from the source we know Wolves have got of all of all, all the sins at the club they've got a pretty strong development model because um, even if we then loan them out to a different club um, in in Europe, let's say, he he might have the opportunity to improve his game before he gets the chance to play for Wolves as well. Um, but yeah, I still I still think there's a few twists and turns. Whether Wolves, you know, match that extra million plus, you know, the, the some of the payment terms changing. Because I think Wolves wanted to spread it over about five different payments, which it it feels, yeah, that, that we're the clubs are arguing over very little for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think this this has got like a real juiciness to this transfer story and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, going the other way, one that's been rumoured today that I think has got the potential for a bit of juice in it is Fabio Silva. Um, mm. Potentially being recalled to go out on loan somewhere else with some really big names looking to um, apparently... I have him on loan. I think I saw the likes of PSG and Seville linked. And my question to you guys is, if we're loaning him out to Seville, could he not do a job for us? Or is it dependent on a certain striker of Wolves leaving, such as Jimenez or even Costa? Uh, I don't think Seville's the right move for him because they're... They're in a proper dogfight down the bottom. Mm. I think if you're a striker, you want to be playing for a team that's at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah. Personally, if you want to develop, I think it's best for him to do that. You know, you want to, you know, play for a team who's got who's got the ball for the majority of the time and is going to give you chances. Um, I was surprised at first when I heard the news that he was that they were, they were looking to cut it short, but it looks like it's all come from Fabio um, because he's had a falling out with the coach. Um, which I wasn't aware. Of. I thought he was quite. He seemed. I thought he was quite happy there. He's obviously been do, he's doing well, scoring goals. I don't know what they're falling out about. Um, probably not a good sign that he's falling out with it with the manager there. Um, but yeah, was it PSV wasn't it? it was another one. Mm. Um, I can't remember. The, 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 I think there were three teams mentioned. Yeah, Sashi Dad uh, as well was the other one. Sashi Dad, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it'll happen. Um, yeah, it might be worth keeping on the back burner though, because you know if we don't get anyone in, I'd, I'd I'd prefer to have him here. I still think he'd be probably our best, like out and out number nine. You know, I think he's probably better than than Raul and Costa at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. No, so maybe yeah, Kuna Kuna's different different player, isn't he? So 
I'd like to, I'd quite like to see what he can do, but I don't think it'll happen. I think he'll go. I think he'll go out on loan again. Yeah, yeah if I was going to send him anywhere. I'd, PSV yeah. it'd probably be the best. I th- I'd send him to well, PSV managers. I believe if I'm right. Still, Rude Van Nistelrooy. So yeah. it's not a bad one to learn under, is it? We're probably one no. of the best Dutch, Dutch strikers of all time. Natural number nine, Poucher. Like you say, Tom, they're near the top of the table as well, so there's less mm. pressure. You know, he, he doesn't want to be at the likes of Villarreal, Sevilla, Sociedad, because he's, he's going to be struggling to get in there. If he doesn't hit the ground running, you know, he's, he's going to be out on the bench again and in and, yeah. and the underleg situation. We have to remember that Anderlecht aren't the same team that they were probably four or five years ago. They are struggling. Uh, they're third, fourth in the t- in the table. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like they're struggling on paper, but this is a team who was winning the league every season before, and 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 there's a lot of pressure for him to perform. And and he's in and out the side. He's, the goals dried up a little bit, but. You know, it's a difficult league if you're not got the service. And and from what we can see, is he, he has been struggling to get to get service to him. And you know, he, he has got a bit of a hot head on him. You know, there were stories when he was back here about him falling out with people and stuff like that, and, and little snippets kept coming out. So I'd rather him go out and, and continue his development because that's what he needed. And I think we'd all agree at the start of the season he needed mm. to go out there and play regular football. Because yep. he's still early on in his career, you know, Ala Collins we we're talking about earlier, and 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 uh, Totti. But for a number nine, you need regular minutes, and that's what he's got to do. And and, and sitting on the bench here is no good for him. No, I completely agree. I say like I could only, I'd only want him back at Wolves if him as to Club America happened, or you know they they terminate. Diego Costa's contract because you know I want him to start if he was back at Wolves I'd want him to start what is it 15 maybe not 15 but 10 to 15 games maybe um Mm. and the other potential I was gonna say departure um surrounding from Wolves well there's two actually one seems to have happened sort of fairly quickly and I think this is um Lot getting out of a chopping board, uh, so to speak, for um, Gonzalo Guedes because he's um, not included in the last couple of squads, um, and he's now being rumoured to basically being shipped out anywhere. Um, most notably, um, is apparently he's been offered to Barcelona. Yeah, I saw that one. Wouldn't I... surprise me. They sign everyone, don't they? Yeah, that that feels a stretch for me, personally. Um, but it, it feels like this is a transfer that hasn't really worked out for Wolves, isn't it? Oh, big time, yeah. We won't recoup what we what we um, spent on him. Um, it's it's not taking Lopetegui long as it's realised he's, he's got a bad attitude and he doesn't want to be here, so he's just fucked him off, which is perfect. You know, that's what you want. There's no point in keeping around and just sulking. Um, yeah. But Depay's just gone, hasn't he? Depay's just gone to, Athlete, um, to, to Madrid, okay. so Atletico, yeah. so... Um, potential replacement there, but it'll end up like the Adama situation, won't it? He'll he'll play a handful of games. It'll be bog, av- you know, sort of bog standard average performances, and end up back here, and then we'll have the same position in the summer probably because Barca aren't going to fork out a load of money for him. It's just not going to happen. Um, so whether it's a good move, I don't know. I, I think it's probably best off out of the club. It's just you know trying to get as much back as we as we possibly can, which I think might be a challenge. Yeah, I, I I struggle to see to see Wolves recouping a transfer fee on this one, and it's a shame because obviously the club spent three years courting him um, for him to, as I constantly describe him as a ghost. Um, to be honest, because I just don't really see much of him. Um, and lastly, and I think this one is likely to happen, and there's some fairly clear reasons behind the links with it. Um, but Conor Ronan looks finally set to leave Wolves on a permanent deal. Um, and he's going off stateside to Colorado Rapids, where a, quite a number of, there is a bit of Wolves connection with Jack Price, of course, so I'm assuming there's a same agent or something involved as well. For me, the perfect move for Conor Ronan. Yeah, I don't see why not. He'll, he'll do well. You know, Jack Price 
was a good footballer for us, and uh, but he's been exceptional for for Colorado Rapids, and he, he's a club legend. You know, he, he's their he's their captain. He, he's and he's uh, rebuilt his career. I mean, Ronan is he's in a good one because he's still pretty young. He goes out there, he plays well. He could get back in the Ireland squad. He's you know he could start getting international appearances. Um, I mean the the other the other Wolves link that was there, you know, Kevin Doe was there as mm. as well. So, you know, it seems like a, a decent little place for some, some of our ex lads to go. And I think Gully was saying it earlier that um, you know it, it's a good move for him. And, and I, I don't see why not. I, I, I you know these players they go out there, they get good money, and they, it's a nice climate, you know, and and. The standard of the league's a little bit less. The speed's a little bit lower. So why not? Well, I, I, I don't know why more English lads who, who you know, dropping out of the thing. I know he's Irish, but British lads and Irish lads who, who can go out there and, and do well because it's 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 a good good standard of league and it's a lot easier for him. So yeah. Why not? That, that, that's sort of my thought process. Why I think it's a perfect move for him. Like same as Jack Price actually, where. You might have kind of gone. You might go initially on paper. Oh, hang on. Well, why is he not doing it? At, you know, lower level championship squad or you know, League One and kind of be bouncing up and around and things like that. But if you go over there, the standards probably it is slightly lower. It's slightly different, but culturally very similar, language wise and things like that. The MLS is getting bigger. And there is becoming more links to um, the European game in terms of transfers and stuff like that. So actually, if he gets the chance to... Because he's always struggled with consistency, Conor Ronan, for me. Whether it's injuries or forms. And, you know, you see the... He's a bit of a YouTube player in a way. But you see these clips of him scoring, you know, a belting goal for St. Mirren. But then you don't hear anything from him for six months to a year. And... He then dots off off to you know this is on you know this is a player who's had a number of tra- number of loans but not just in the UK as well because he was over in Slovakia for a bit. Mm. He's had time as everyone has at Grasshopper Zurich. So you know is is you right, Jafo? If he plays well, if he can find that bit of magic, he's got the opportunity to still progress his career. Or, or you know via things like international appearances as well or transfer back at a later date if not then you can almost go down the jack price route and just have a great time and be a, a really solid footballer over there and enjoy the lifestyle so fair play to him if it if it does come off um because it's not you know he's been the not or he's got the timing rights to have a full career at Wolves which is a shame because he's not quite being able to progress into a Premier League footballer and there's been other players in his positions who have progressed beyond him um, from inside the club. Um, you know, when you look at the likes of Gibbs White and even Joe Hodge now, that, you know, have, have always been consistently viewed above him. Um, again, last but not least in terms of transfers, um, is we're still seemingly linked to Craig Dawson. I thought this one would have been done by now, um, by the sounds of it. But I don't know with West Ham still dragging their heels a bit. I think they're looking for a replacement, aren't they? I, yeah. think, I think that they don't, don't want to let go until the replacement's found. Same as the summer, wasn't it, with Jan Bednarek? Yeah, mm. but then then it's just, you, you know, there's got to be a point in time where you say, well, look, you know, it needs to be done because otherwise exactly what happens in, in the summer and, you know, then, you, then we're left with no one again. Um, the Felipe rumours are still knocking about as well, aren't they? Reasonably strongly. Yeah. So I, maybe it's a case we get both, and then you know, I'm scared I'll get a loan, no doubt. Um, then maybe Totty drops to, to sort of fifth choice. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think the Dawson one will happen. I think he clearly, what he clearly wants to move. I just, I just think in West Ham haven't rejected the bid, although it's just sort of sat there and they're not really doing anything with it. But I'm, I think what ultimately will happen is they'll they'll get replaced. Well, hopefully they'll get a replacement in. And then, yeah. uh, and then, and then, obviously, then it's just a chain of events, isn't it? And then he comes to us. And I think, considering the summer he was linked to Aston Villa, Anders, I'm assuming that he has, you know, because he was, of course, at the club down the road. He's probably got his family settled up here, mm. and he is looking for a move back up to the Midlands as well. Um, 
so I think you know he's probably quite keen to get this move pushed through as well. So we'll see on that. Um, obviously, we've got a few days until our next game against Man City, so it'll be interesting to see if we have any more additions to the Wolf squad before then because we might need them. Because I don't want to break it to you guys, but I think Man City are quite a good football team. Yeah, even, even when they're not playing well. Yeah, even yeah. when they're not playing well. Yeah, I mean, even when you look at, let's say, the likes of, uh, you know, Haaland being slightly out of form. And, yeah. and he, he's out of form compared to our informed strikers. <laughs> out of form for Haaland's not scoring in two games, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and I think, yeah, I, I, they're going to want to make a big statement, I think. Especially, United still winning. Elise has just scored. Yeah. Yes, according to the good people in our YouTube comments, um, it's one right. one full time. It's gonna say if United go above them, I mean you don't yeah. need any more motivation than that to, to, to put a number you know, a number past us. Um yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a tall ass. I don't again, I think Stu mentioned it on the last one. I don't I don't agree with the free hit sort of um, you know, sort of the phrase that gets knocked about. I mean if Everton can get a result there, surely anyone can. But um we're going to need to be at our best and they're going to need to have an off day, I think. Um, and they're going to be in the mood to um, to put a few uh, wrongs right, I think, on Sunday. Yeah. How do you see us lining up slash tactically against it? Because for me, I oh know against the bigger and better teams, you need to push them and you need to make them feel a bit uncomfortable instead of just, you know, dropping the players behind back behind the ball. So... Do you think he's going to go with Acuna up front or more of a Costa? I think the most important battle against Man City is going to be, and it always has been in the past few seasons, the midfield battle. And De Bruyne has had the run of the game. The last few times we've played him, he has run the game and he's run the show. And I think the problem, the last few times we've played him, is we've played the axes of Moutinho and Nevis and you know, we're not going to fucking waste our breath here saying that doesn't work anymore because it just doesn't. So who we pick is going to be crucial in that. And I think if I want to second guess what Lopetegui is going to do, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Neves, Nunes and Lamina. I think I agree, that yeah. would be the three that I'd go with and just try and bully him out of the game. Pedence up front with, I think, Cunha and Huang and just, just, all the running, all game, just pressure and pressure and pressure and as much pace as we can up front and as much dynamism as, as you saying earlier, Rich, the dynam- dynamism of that front three. Maybe Pablo Sarabi is a little bit too early to come in, but if he, if he can, yeah, put in Sarabia, uh, Cunha up front, just take, take the counter and bully him because they're not that good in the midfield. They've got some good players, but they're not... They're not that good. They're not invincible. But like as you say, Tom, Everton got a result there. And Everton are fucking dog shit. And I said that last time, and I'll stick by it. They're a fucking bunch of wankers. So, <laughs> fuck them. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Play. Fair. No, I, I, I definitely agree on the midfield. And we and we, we need to have that energy in there. Um, we can get around the park a bit more. And my heart will slightly sink if it's Moutinho and Nevis in there. Um, I mean, he might go Joe Hodge, because, I mean, um, Hodge had a really good game against, um, you know, Liverpool in the Cup, um, and and almost kind of, really kind of pressuring them and having that intensity. So I could sort of see him starting and doing maybe a bit, that's not, is it a bit reductionary, isn't it, to say, doing a bit of a man-marking job on um, De Bruyne? But having someone in there who's just going to just run around, I can see that. I guess fullbacks is the other usual debating point, Tom, um, in terms of who goes where. I mean, Samedo seems to have found a bit of form again, which is sorely needed. Um, but left back wise, are you thinking Ait Nori or Bueno? I think he'll. I think it'll be Bueno. I think I don't think he's done much wrong. I think. Um, I just hope he doesn't go to. To um to five at the back and to stick with four um because I think all that happens with that is you just get pushed back and then the the, the fullbacks get just so so pushed back and then you just lose anything you know going forward and, and our best chance is just you know to catch them on the counter I always think Palace do it really well because they've got quick 
quick players. They 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 have a good record against City, particularly uh, away. Um, and it's it's the way they set up. They set up in a really sort of clever way where they can just break out as quick as possible, and that really does suit us. Um, yeah. So I think if you you know if you if you play in the five, it's gonna you lose you lose a body up you know further up the pitch basically. Um, and so yeah, I think I think Bueno. Going back to your, your question now, I, th- I, th- I think I'd go I'd go Bueno. But then you've always got the option of bringing Nate Nori on if if, if you need to. Um, you know, I know Bueno's not the tallest, but it's not like they're going to be. You know, I wouldn't have thought they'd be chucking too many balls in the box. For, you know, for him. And if you do, you've got the you know Collins and I'm assuming Kilman will come back in to yeah. um, to, to head him to head him away. So it's just um, yeah, that's absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be tough. Let's you know, no bones about it. It's going to be a tough tough game, but. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a, the will, there's a way, and you know, we've got half a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm not optimistic, but I at least feel that we're going to give him more of a game than we did in the first fixture because that that felt like a pummeling um, for for large portions of that. I know, like it picked up in certain periods, but you know, when you had the sending off and you know Neves going playing at the back, it just. It, it felt a long old afternoon, and the fact that Man City did kind of step off the gas a bit, it's a bit annoying in a way. So hopefully we can kind of show a real account of ourselves, because I think, you know, Lopetegui's done a lot for this team so far. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, like Stu, same the other day, you know, I, don't, I don't like the phrase three hits. I can cope with us losing to Man City, I can cope with us losing to Liverpool. My philosophy is... I want them to hate playing us. I want them to finish the game and for most Man City players, go, I never want to play Wolves again after that. You know, for them to really just push them for 90 minutes and go, you know what, we've earned this win. Um, So I'm interested to see what happens. We aren't the only team playing this weekend. We do have plenty of other fixtures, of course, in the Premier League happening this weekend. Um, Few I was going to say really big ones for us in terms of our neck of the woods in the table with West Ham Everton um, on Saturday. Um, that's going to be a tetchy old affair, isn't it? Especially with Lampard back at West Ham. Some t- tasty ones. Like, I think if, if you ever, you know, had the uh, the football um, phrase book out, you know, six-pointer, West Ham Everton, is it? And I think um, the other one that I'd look at and say, Similar sort of level is probably the Southampton Villa. I know Villa are quite way ahead of us, but Southampton, I mean, they've really picked it up in the last couple of games. They've done what we should have done with the cup games and, and utilised those um, matches to to really build some confidence. And, and they look like a team now who, who could, you know, get out of the bottom. And it's not what you want to see, but if it drags teams like, I don't know, Palace have got a good result tonight, but them and, and Villa and, and those who are just slightly ahead of us back into it, then it's all a good thing, you know, and, and it's some tasty fucking games. And I really want to see Everton and West Ham, you know, ending an abandoned match by, by 10 with four cents off. It'd be lovely. <laughs> As I say, you've also got Bournemouth um, Forest in terms of that. So, you know, between Bournemouth, Forest, Southampton, Villa and West Ham, Everton. There's a couple of, you know, there's, that's three bottom half of the league fixtures in there. Um, so there could be a lot of um, positional movements in the table come, well, Sunday evening. Yeah, I don't feel good, like, wanting Villa to win again. It's happened no. twice, two weeks in a row now. It's not good for the, yeah. You feel a bit clean, anyone. don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not not one for me. But yeah, it's 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 a shame actually because I, I think it's nice to be out of the bottom bottom three, isn't it? And I think unfortunately the run of fixtures this weekend's not really f- falling in our favour. Where we could maybe be back in the bottom three again, you know. So sort of, I wouldn't say through no fault of our own. That's the wrong phrase to use. But you know, if we could, we could have a really good performance against City and get narrowly beat, but we could be back in the bottom three again. Um, yeah, just the way it's just the way it's fallen. Yeah, I think I think that's still going to happen and. When people say, "Oh, I'm not worried about relegation anymore," and things like, I'm, "I don't think Wolves are going to get relegated, but it's still pretty compact." Bottom end of the table, and you know, if you say, especially if you've got a few teams who are playing each other, they they will, you know, jump over one of them in the table. So, 
I think we have to understand that, yes, this game isn't a free hit, but understand what the predicaments are in terms of the table and stuff like that. But I know, I feel I feel fairly confident, I should say, for the West and Everton won. Somehow, I think both teams will have managed to lose the game. I don't yeah. quite know how, but um, yeah, that, 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 that's got a lot of potential, that game. So um, yeah, definitely I'm going to keep half an eye on that for the uh, three o'clock one. Before we wrap up though, guys, um, what's your score predictions for um, the City game then? Well, I'll go first, Tom, because I, yeah, I don't want to say anything stupid. Uh, no, I'm going to go. For, I'll be. I think it'll be a, a valiant defeat. I think it'll maybe be a, a two-nil City, but I think we'll be in the game by and large. I'm going to look stupid. Oh hello. I'm, I'm going one-one. I'm going to look stupid. Oh, okay. I, I think we'll get a point. Maybe you're right. Oh, well. oh. Oh. I don't know what's happened to me in the recent weeks. I'm too positive. Lop and take. It's made me feel like a new man. <laughs> so, you know what? It's J Lo. It's J Lo. Get it out there. After what yeah. you wanted it, you wanted J-Lo. it. It's J Lo. I I I still prefer the big lopper personally. Oh my god! No, yeah. I don't like that one. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you be having those noises out again? Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm, into the bit, I'm, I'm thinking, if it wasn't for losing yesterday and it being a bit of a damn squid of a performance, I think if I took, take that out, I'd be where Jafos and think 1 1. But now I'm a bit more on the maybe 1 0, 2 0. But I think we'll at least give them a good game, which again, I think it's the minimum we can ask for. And then we can focus on fixtures that we've got. I. Um, higher chance of winning um that wraps us up for today we will be back um most likely sunday evening straight after the man city game on sunday um if not be monday um but until then make sure you keep up with all things wolves fancast at wolves fancast on twitter facebook and instagram hopefully we'll bring you lots of interesting um and big transfer stories of players coming and going it's all going to be fantastic or we're just going to be in the same position on the 31st of january as we quite often ask wolf sands so we'll live to see we'll live to see but big shout out to uh, 19 min as well for being part of their network um and we will see you in a few days time so it's goodbye from jeffo yeah good night guys it's goodbye from tom bye wolf sands it's goodbye from me see you next time <laughs>